We would love to have, have Kelvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield, wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there, Calvin's got it, five-yard line, into the end zone, touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jamie. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. Fourth sack for this Jacksonville defense. You gotta take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have and we'll continue to add, you know, our window, our windows now. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. I guess we're back to bulky now, Tony. Uh, we had a short-lived run with Ryan Nielsen opening up the program, but we're back to bulky. And as he said, yeah, Josh will be a Jaguar uh, or something to that effect. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I went a little too Fargo-ish on the accent that yeah. time, but. So uh, you were combining him and Gus. Uh, maybe I yeah. did, right? Maybe that was what it was, right? <laughs> like a little Gus Bradley slid in there. We we know Josh will be a Jaguar. Got the Dakotas going, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, I, yeah it's just it's a, it's a weird. Like I, I hear it in my head. It seems like the easiest voice to do is mm-hmm. the bulky, but uh, it's not a hacker. I'll tell you that. I'm I'm hearing we may hear a little little bonus hacker on yeah. the program today. If you, you listen got wind closely. of what we were doing today and. He had to chime in. Oh, did he? No, that's not what happened. Oh, okay. There. That would have been awesome if he had, man. That Well, I mean, you know, there's no secret. We didn't hide what we're doing today. Uh, we put it out there yesterday as we our, our new tradition, the Tuesday Top 5. Mm-hmm. We put out the list on Monday So because the Top 5 takes a little bit more time for you to maybe dig into. And, sure. uh, you know, we post it in the late afternoon on Monday, so maybe you're off work and you have a little time to think about it if you're so inclined and you want to play along and – uh, a lot of people did today, but we mentioned yesterday we'd do the top five worst free agent signings in Jaguar history. Damn, are there a lot of good candidates. Uh, you know, it's it's remarkable. Usually we put out a question like this with a list like this, and with everyone responding, occasionally there'll be a name that I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, that doesn't really fit what yeah. we were looking for with this. Today, every response we've gotten, like every name I've seen, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how many different names we've seen already this morning, but I haven't seen any name where I'm like, no, that doesn't belong. I think we could have done a good draft here. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think you, me, and Pockets could have done three five-man squads and had a decent draft with the worst Whose free team agents. was the worst? Might have been, yeah. <laughs> honestly, the more entertaining way to do it, but it's too late now because I did not prepare mm-hmm. my list in uh, the top 15 in the order right. I wanted them. We but. didn't get it together like the breakfast bowl. No, no. but you know yeah. what? It's all coming into yeah. to, uh, to shape here yeah. over the last few weeks, and uh, who knows? Maybe, you know, I, I do love drafting. There, there's I'm that. With you. I'll draft anything, man. I'll tell you what. Pockets, good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. Going to get back to work. School's back, and we got a track meet this week, so got a lot of work to do. You're just like nose to the grindstone guy yeah. today, huh? Yeah. How, how about you? Wow. This guy's working hard. He's just trying to I, – I think Tony wants to go when we have the all-time Jaguars today producer drive. He wants to <laughs> assure himself of the number one selection <laughs> overall. You know, He just wants to let us know that he's out there working hard for us and mm-hmm. for the people. It was a long, boring weekend, man. 
Yeah. You guys are ready to get back to doing something during the day. Uh, you leave here at noon and then you go home. It's like, eh. You got you got to work. You're young, man. That's good. Yeah. You know, if I was your age, if I was done at noon, <sighs> golfing, I'd probably pick up basketball at your age, man. I was m- much more into. I'd play occasional golf at that age. I, I didn't really get into golf or into my closer to my thirties, mm-hmm. I think. But I mean, I played before then, but that's when I really started getting into it. But pockets age, man, I'd be out there on the the asphalt courts, uh, <laughs> I don't know, four or five times a week, hooping it up. Mm-hmm. The mean streets of St. Augustine, Tone. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. We had some good runs back yeah. in the day. Find a group of some kids, and we're going to go play something. Or, or, right. or, or men. I always swore I'd be the guy, you know, I'd be that guy out there. I wouldn't need the knee braces, though. I'd be that mm. guy. Like, you know, you get that 45-year-old dude who's pump-faking you 16 times, and on the 17th <laughs> time, you're like, you're tired. Always the best dudes in the gym. You're tired of jumping, right? And, they, right, they just, like, nothing aesthetically pleasing, but they put the ball in the hole, and they they make you look silly. And I always thought, I'm going to be that guy plus hops, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to be that guy plus. I'll still be <laughs> just as athletic as I am at the age of 24, 25. Yeah, that didn't last till about 27. Even. <laughs> so that went quickly downhill. All right, today is a franchise tag uh, opening of the window yeah. to apply. So uh, theoretically, Josh Allen could get the franchise tag at 401 today. I really, really hope that that doesn't happen quickly. If for no other reason, save a little face. Make it look like you're making an effort, yeah. Jaguars, right? You put it on Josh Allen, that doesn't mean you can't negotiate. But I think it, it, it just – makes it more of a hardline stance, right? I feel like if you really want to send a signal that, look, we got a chance to get this done. Yes, we know we can franchise tag you. You know we can franchise tag you. We can put it on now. doesn't mean we can't negotiate, but damn it, let's really work yeah. in the next 10 days to not have to use this thing. Yeah, if they had to use the tag or use the tag on Josh Allen today, not had to, but chose to use oh, the tag on yeah, Josh Allen today, yeah. the indication and everyone's reaction would be, how far apart are they? Right, they must be so far apart like that they just no can't point. see the middle. Yeah, right? there's no point in wasting any time with this. It's going to be what it's going to be. We're going to use the tag. They can always rescind the tag. By the way, they don't have to keep it on there unless Josh signs it right away. Right, but you can't rescind it and put it on somebody else. No, right. So you couldn't like if if so. There's no point in using it. It's not like you would rescind it and say, "Oh, now we can use it on Calvin." Correct. No, that right. That's what I'm saying. Like happen. like that's. But then why wouldn't you? Wait till the very – I mean, look, I get it. A couple days to go. Yeah. Okay, you realize it's not going anywhere. Josh is going on a mini vacation. Whatever. Right. right? Like, the only thing it would indicate would be they're so far apart, but he's not going that, anywhere. That something's not going to get done before March 4th or 5th, whatever yeah. the exact date is. They are convinced they're not going to get anything done in but this But that, that shouldn't happen today. I agree. Right? And that really shouldn't happen it for shouldn't happen until the end of the window. Uh, it, right. And, and I get it. Again, you don't have to wait until the last hour of the last day. It, but unless you're that close on whatever right, the unless you're really grinding on the, to the final details, right? But if you know, if you get 12 days into it of a 14 day window, and you realize we're no closer now than we were then. Okay, whatever, right? Go but it, yeah. you you can't to doing it today is capitulation. It's just uh, it's signaling giving up and defeat and all that. And, and we have no idea, by the way. Not for that all I we expect know, them to. There, yeah. There's been a lot of contact or yeah. no contact or something in between. I have to believe that the two sides have at least spoken. I would hope. I mean, I I guess I don't have to believe that. I choose to believe that the two sides have spoken to some degree at this point in time. But 
you know, uh, we'll see how that all goes down. So, uh, if you want to get in today, you can talk about the franchise tag. You can talk about Jags all-season plans. I found maybe the craziest site that I've ever found a mock draft on, man. It just popped up, like, in my news feed, mm-hmm. and it said new mock draft, blah, blah, blah. You know, me, I'm just, ooh, I'm off to a flame. Click nostalgicbuzz.com? Hey. What in the world? Like, I okay, I mean, uh, am I going to be reading about antiques on the very next page? Um, Harris, Amadzai, and Jason Frey combined on this. Don't know who they are. All right. You know, I, I appreciate the effort, but and they've also done it in countdown order, much like we do the top five, but they start their mock draft with pick 32 and work their way back. Now I'm just noticing here they've got – when did this thing come out? Oh, okay, February 1st. All right, because they've got San Francisco picking 31st. Oops. Uh, I guess somebody thought that the uh, Chiefs were not going to get another Super Bowl championship. Anyway, uh, so that's not exactly fresh, fresh. But we do have the top five today if you want to weigh in on. And if you want to talk about your favorite, maybe one to five free agent targets for the Jaguars today, we'll get into the list a little bit uh, as well. And uh, are there some realistic ones out there that maybe the Jags will make a move on. You know, Tony, still need to get a lot of stuff cleaned up in terms of salary cap on this roster. You know, in in the next three weeks or so, there needs to be a wave of either releases or contract adjustments to give themselves the wherewithal, A, to use the franchise tag if that's the road they're going to go down because they're about at least, I'd say, based on estimates, anywhere from five to seven or eight million dollars short of having what they need right now mm-hmm. just to apply the tag to Josh Allen. Again, you can make these things happen, but you have to do the necessary steps. You got to renegotiate or you got to get, you know, uh, decide we're not bringing Brandon Sheriff back or what yeah. are we doing with Cam Robinson or whatever the case. So. What exactly all these different things we've discussed are going to look like ultimately. And it makes sense that it hasn't necessarily happened yet, right? You see. The Patriots released a couple of guys yesterday. Steelers seen, did it. Right. Yeah. Like it's starting to happen mm-hmm. now where teams are getting whatever their ideas and plans set for what they're going to do over the course of the next few weeks, going into free agency, what it looks like with the franchise tag. Those kind of things are just starting to move a little bit across the league. And so Jacksonville, not having done anything yet, is not some big surprise, but they're going to have to start moving on these things. Pretty darn soon. You know, we're we're a month away from free agency opening up, and that opens up a bunch of different opportunities, right? Like, if they got an offensive guard who it sounds like the idea when they made the trade, you know, was that he, Cleveland would be here long term. Like, that was part of their thinking was, all right, he's got the rest of this year, and then we'll figure out what that looks like long term as long as it doesn't look like a disaster. Well, you got about a month to talk to him when no one else can to figure out exactly what that looks like, but that's the time frame. Right. And then the whole league gets to talk I, to I, I would imagine they've, They'll get that they've done. got, like, columns of, like, yeah. here's contingency one, ideal contingency one. We sign Josh Allen. We lower the cap number, something in this range. This gives us the ability to do X, Y, and Z, whether that's franchise Calvin Ridley, you know, whatever, right? Sure. Release this guy, renegotiate with this guy. Here's choice one. Here's two, if we got to apply the franchise tag to Josh Allen, how do we get to that space? Here's option three, and, and on and on and on. And then it's just a matter of seeing what you can, how much you can get done in each column to execute your ideal vision for how the offseason goes. A lot of that work 
should already be done by now. And yeah. now it's just a matter of can you close the gap well, between you and a few of these, you know, yeah. players in negotiation. And beyond that, one of the interesting things that's happening between now and the time when these things can officially go on is the combine. And when all these people get in the same building that's right. for a week at the combine, business gets done. You know, things that aren't supposed to be talked about will be talked about between these teams and the Jags should be able to leave the combine with a pretty good idea of what is the price tag going to be on Calvin Ridley, right? And, like, how much money are we going to have to be willing to spend to make that deal happen if we're going to make that happen in free agency and all these other things kind of fall into place? You know, what would they have to hear? Like, how committed would they have to be to Calvin Ridley to be willing to say, you know what, it's worth it to get it done even if it means the second-round pick is gone? You know, I don't know that they're anywhere near that line right now with Calvin Ridley, but I wonder if there is some information that they could hear that they'd say, you know what, pull the trigger. A second-round pick versus a third-round pick, not that big a deal to them in the building, even if it would be to everyone outside of it. Somebody points out on the text line designed by the Lifetime Enclosures, we should be good on uh, you know, covering the tag with the additional $8 million that came out yesterday. That is a projection, right? That yeah. The cap is going to rise. The The final figure is not locked in. So the numbers we're dealing with right now. Like late this week, I think they were saying. Right. The, the, yeah. the numbers we're dealing with are not exact. Right, and that and that's fine. Maybe they will have enough to cut. All right, let's say they have enough to cover the the franchise uh, tag. You still want to add guys in free agency. You still have to sign your draft class. You still need more operating capital under the salary cap. But there's a good point, right? We don't know what the exact figure is going to be. We're going off of estimations right now. Somebody mentioned doesn't a sheriff have a big dead cap number? Yes, uh, he does have a big dead cap number, but you know it's a much bigger number if he's on the roster. Uh, they're talking about if you know a pre-June first move only opens up three point two million. My understanding, you could designate any move as being a post-June first move whenever you do it. Yes, and which enables you to split up that dead cap hit over a couple of years as opposed to one year. And, and you're not you getting whatever money. that cap relief is now. You're not getting any of that money available to you till after June. Right? Like, that's that's part of it. That's right. You know, and so if there's a team that is so cash-strapped that they're trying to do something right now, that may not be the direction they'd want to go with that. But if it is about spreading it out over several years, then it makes sense to make that designation and say, you know what, we can wait till June to make whatever little move we wanted to make to address some position later on in the offseason. All right. Um, again, we're not capologists, no. but we – look – that's their job to make very, sure. Very, very broad strokes. And, and yeah. again, we pointed out every year, there's always a team, usually the Saints, that are $70 million over the cap. They somehow manage to not only get under the cap. Last year, they managed to acquire a new quarterback and get under the cap, yeah. being in that situation with Derek Carr coming in. So there's no excuse. Uh, there are ways to get it done. Yeah, they're it, projected like 85 over right now, I think, right. something like and, that. They'll be under by the middle of March when they need to be. Yes, they will. All right, Pockets, let's uh, start the countdown for today. Number five. All right, this is the uh, Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day here on Jaguars today. Who are your top five worst free agent signings in Jacksonville Jaguar history? Tony, won't you bat lead off today? Who's number five for you? <laughs> I will play the highlight before I say the All name. Right. We, we, did, I... we did pull highlights for the reason, like, there were – Reasons why we were excited to sign these well, guys. And generally. this one I specifically chose because there was nothing to get you excited about anything that he had done before he got here. But I still have him at number five on the list. Hit it, pockets. He drops the throw. 
Fires middle of the field. Caught by Chris Manhurts into the end zone. Touchdown. Lawrence to Manhurts for the score, and Jacksonville is on the board. Chris Manhurts at number five for me. Two years, $6.65 million, 12 receptions, 113 yards, and that lone touchdown that you just heard. I put him on this list not because he didn't put up big numbers or that he stole a bunch of money from the team. I wasn't expecting either one of those things to happen when they signed Manhurts. I put him on this list solely because he represents the extreme disappointment of that 2021 free agent class and all of the excitement that we had going into that offseason, knowing they were going to be the team that won the sweepstakes for Trevor Lawrence. They had a second first round of pick to spend that year as well that they wound up using on ETN. They had all the cap space in the world. We had spent months talking about movers and shakers. They can control all of free agency. The Jacksonville Jaguars can on top of Trevor Lawrence being in Look at the bounty of players that are going to be available at tight end with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Certainly they're signing one of them. No way. They're not signing one of them. And Mike and I were sitting in this studio on the second day of free agency when they had done nothing. And I had the extreme joy of announcing they've made a move. Chris Manhurts mm. was the first move of that free agency period for the Jacksonville Jaguars, so I put him at five. This is how strong the Jaguars are in this department. I didn't even think about Manhurts. Didn't even cross my mind that Manhurts could crack the top five. Uh, we got a lot of strong candidates. I'm going, look, hatred drives me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just does. And I don't like guys thinking they get over on me. And yeah. by extension, this football team, and I wouldn't doubt that you've got my number five somewhere on your list. Uh, pockets, what you put together for my, my number five? Season at 30 coming in today. That pass is intercepted. Picked off by Aaron Ross up the sideline. Flacco trying to get there and he won't make it. Aaron Ross was a turd. <laughs> Got that right, Hack. I never agreed with Hacker more other than in the awesomeness of ranch dressing. He and I both uh, agree on that. But there's no question, Hacker, that Aaron Ross was a turd. He came in here, coming off a career best season in which he had four interceptions for the New York Giants, where he'd spent mm -hmm. the first five years of his career. Tony signed in 2012 a three-year, $15 million deal. As I'm looking back a year later, a story at NFL.com mentioned far more than what the Giants were willing to fork over for him hey. at that time. The problem was Aaron Ross came in here. Not only Remember they accommodated him so he could go to the Olympics to watch his wife yeah. perform like in a training camp, did all these things and rallied around Aaron Ross and la, la, la. Aaron Ross stunk out loud. That was bad enough, okay? <laughs> didn't have an interception, didn't even start the entire season for the Jaguars. Eek. Gets cut after yep. one year and has the goal to go on NFL Network and say it was a nice paid vacation to Florida. I had to think about the family setting us up long-term. So, of course, the money comes to mind. <laughs> what about I guess gold playing don't hard for the anything. team? That, yeah. Right, they probably don't. Not as much as they used to, apparently. <laughs> you know, Winning is everything, man. His wife's the, got four. At, right, it takes the joy away when you're losing. The only thing you get through it is the paycheck, or the only thing to get you through is the paycheck when you're losing. So he came here to cash some checks, take a little tax-free vacation, or at least state income tax-free mm -hmm. vacation in the state of Florida, and he sucked. You could have been just one of the many who sucked here, Aaron, and nobody would bring up your name. No, never at least again. You know, like, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have jumped to Chris Manhurts just like I wouldn't have jumped to Aaron Ross. You would oh, yeah. have been just another 
failed experiment. It didn't work. Yeah. But you had to be all cocky about it like you got over on everybody after the Jags organization bent over backwards for you. Good riddance, you turd. Number five on my list is Aaron Ross. You see how fun this can be? It can be really <laughs> kind of liberating to get it off your chest. Thank you, Chad and Sandy Real Estate, our question of the day provider. So if you want to play along, you can hit us up on social media, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. And, of course, uh, at 6411010 on the text line uh, designed by Lifetime Enclosures or on those all-pro roofing phone lines and not limited to your top five. You don't have to even give us five. If you want to give us your worst free agent bust, the one that angered you the most for whatever reason, there, there are plenty of uh, options yeah. out there. I just remembered with man hurts and we wind up using the the call from Fan, Frangie on the touchdown. Right? Yes. Week one, uh, Trevor's rookie year. He caught Trevor's first touchdown pass. I was looking, I looked up highlights knowing there wouldn't be It's going to be a great connection. Tom. Right. For Chris Manhurts, I knew that there wouldn't be anything, but there was a minute and 20 second video. It's like, what could this possibly be? So I hit the video and the first was a first down catch that he had in that same game. Uh, the week one that year, the second was the touchdown pass. And then the highlight video put up a screen blocking highlights. I was like, there's our guy. That's our man right there. <laughs> That's the man. Hurts I'll say the more. one thing with man. I didn't expect anything with man. No, hurts, you nothing. Know? Like and I he, said, it's the representation. <laughs> right, it's the representation <laughs> of what it was I hear going you, into that offseason. Look, there, there are a lot of great candidates. Not everybody oh, can sure. make the top five. No, this is a prestigious list today. <laughs> Worst free agent signings in Jaguars history. All right, let's have some fun with it today. This is Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark here with you on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. <laughs> Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL. Oh, man. They can't keep up with all the guesses, Tony, right now on the uh, various uh, means of feedback here. Text line, YouTube chat, you name it out there. Uh, Somebody said, hey, I bet everybody forgot, or words to the effect, everybody forgot about Julius Thomas. Oh, no, they didn't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, whether he made our top five, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll find out as we do the countdown today. But... Uh, plenty of people who responded have Julius Thomas in their top five. For sure. You know, no no doubt about it. Um, I just got this one on the text line, just kind of random, out of context. Pay practice squad players. I'm not sure what that's in reference to, mm-hmm. uh, but practice squad players do pretty damn well for themselves here. If you are a uh, a rookie, an undrafted rookie never played it down in the National Football. He gets signed to a practice squad. Make $12,000 a week, right? Start yeah. doing the math on that. Um, you're making almost 50000 a month. You're, you're making 200 plus grand a year yeah. if you're on for 18 weeks yeah. of the season. As the lowest of the low, never played in the league before. If you've spent at least two years in the league, you're going to make between sixteen dollars and $20,500 a week. Yeah. It's only not much money if you're only going to compare it to the guys that are yeah. making the big money. You're not making Tyreek Hill money, no. Right, no, you're, you're making not. much better than Mike Dempsey money. <laughs> yeah, you're making much you better that. than if you can't do that job as a professional football player anymore and have to go find another job. You're doing way better than you probably typically can just walking away from the game. Make half a season on that top, you know, just stick around for nine weeks, you're making close to $200,000. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Now, they have done better with that. Like, those numbers have gone up yeah. here over the last five. Like, every time the CBAs come up, that's something that has been handled as part of the CBA, not to get them the same money players are getting, right, that are on the 53-man roster, but the practice squad guys are doing okay for themselves being a practice squad guy. Absolutely. Um, all right, uh, shall we jump up to number two? All right, number four, I guess. Go, sure. we're number backwards. four. Oh, there we go. Number four <laughs> in the countdown. Uh, all right, I'll go. I, you went first last time. Sure. I'll go first this time. Let me make sure I've got the uh, the right list here. I originally had somebody else in this spot, and I felt like it wasn't fair to them, and that was LaRon Robinson, who mm-hmm. signed a, a big free agent deal with the Jags after one spectacular half season with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, just like yeah. one of those seasons that kind of came out of nowhere. Remember when Patrick Jeffers did it? With Carolina, oh, yeah. like around the yeah. turn of the century. But then Jeffers went on to have like one or two good years to follow up. Well, Ron Robinson signed here, got hurt, had a bunch of concussions, and then was never the same guy. And I, I felt like ah, it's probably not fair to put him in there. Plus, I wanted to have Toby Gerhardt. What do we got, Pockets? <laughs> Gerhardt bangs for that first down. He unloaded on a cornerback, Gary Gray, and then muscled his way. NFL, take note. You got a power back who can move. Oh, we got a power back who can move. Just Gary not, Gray, get not out move of the his pile. Way. That's yeah. the, who's this Gary Gray think he is anyway? <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. Uh, but Toby Gerhardt signed here, Tony, in hindsight, mm-hmm. signed a three year, $10.5 million contract, $4 yeah. million guarantee. That doesn't sound like huge money uh, now, but, you Still know. Still okay money for a. Free agent running back now. This was 2014, right? Right. So it was it was starter money. He was expected to come in here and be the guy, and he did start half of the 14 games he played his first year in Jacksonville. Here's the problem: Toby Gerhardt never was given a workload in Minnesota, right? I mean, the most. Why not? Well, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> he had 109 carries one year, and. You know, generally, he had a pretty gaudy yards per carry average because AP was wearing him down. Gerhardt would come in there and he'd go, you know, clipping along his last year, averaged 7.9 yards a carry in Minnesota. Problem is, that's on 36 carries. That's a pretty small sample size. Here in Jacksonville, 101 carries for 326 yards in his first year. It got worse the next year. He went from 3.2 to 2.2 yards a carry (laughs) and infamously got stuffed at the goal line on a first and goal at the one, a second and goal at the one, a third and goal at the one. Let's give it to him one more time, Tony. If we run it four times, we're going to get it into the end zone. No, we're not. We're going to have Toby Gerhardt become a meme in Jaguar lore uh, with his lack of ability to get in there. What a surprise. He had only scored five rushing touchdowns in four years prior to that, but he scored two in his time here with the Jags. 121 carries in two seasons. He went from 101 carries. The next year, Tony, he played seven games, had 20 carries. This is the guy signed to be their starter. Uh, Absolutely one of their worst free agent signings. Uh, And a long, lengthy list. I have met number four. How about you? Uh, Number four, Pockets and I both tried as hard as we could to find any kind of highlight from this guy's career on the field. Couldn't find anything. Mm. Uh, Number four for us, Marcellus Wiley. Um, And... I had no intention. It's kind of like the man hurts thing. It's not like I started putting this list together and said, yeah, yeah, this guy. Like, that wasn't how this worked out for me. Uh, Wiley, but I went back and looked at the numbers. The four seasons before he signed here, 59 starts, 25 sacks in four years, 173 tackles, and nine forced fumbles. 
The two seasons that he played in Jacksonville, he played in 23 games with one start, 19 tackles in 23 games, no sacks, no forced fumble. Like it, it, He was beyond no impact for the team in the two seasons that he was here. And then I found these two things, and I put them on my list. This is a an excerpt from a story written up by Jaguars.com. They didn't even have the author on the piece still for Marcellus Wiley. Wiley is the final piece to an already talented front four for the Jaguars. He and fellow free agent acquisition Reggie Hayward will anchor the ends and the rock-solid Marcus Stroud and John Henderson will man the tackle positions while Wiley very well could end up with a long-term contract before the season is over. The addition of Wiley helped solidify the Jaguars as a potential top 10 defense in 2005. If you just stopped after everything is said right up through John Henderson and Marcus Stroud, it would have been pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. And then Wiley yeah. is going to push it over the top. And I found this funny, too, and wanted to include it because I didn't include the name that I'm about to invoke on my list, okay. though many fans have. Here's a quote from Wiley on Speak for Yourself. Quote, Tim Tebow's experience and leadership will have a huge impact for the Jaguars. Double dose of Marcellus Wiley being being a a wrong free agent road to go down. I'll be honest. I don't Tebow in my top five. Mm -mm. Tebow, like uh, we said at the time, man, if the coach wants a pet project on a 90-man offseason roster. The last guy on the roster. Didn't bother me, okay. honestly, at that stage. You know, no. you want to come in and, and, oh, he's taking a spot away from a legitimate guy who won't make the team either. No. Right? The 90th guy on the, the roster. I, that, honestly, didn't bother me. No. Um, you know, it, because the path it went down. Now, if you tried to force him onto the 53, had <laughs> been a different story, right? And knowing who that guy was in charge. I'm just sorry we're in this situation. <sighs> Might not have surprised. Anyway, uh, didn't make my top five. So, uh, could be in yours. And uh, we got a lot of them coming in there. Uh, Pockets posted a, a shirtless picture of his legendary um, guy that he, his legendary idol, Tim Tebow, in response to this question. Minor league legend. Yesterday. Uh, Pockets, uh, with, with Tebow, I don't know if you've got the, if you think Tebow's one of the worst five free agent signings, it's more just because you were probably tired of the whole, mm-hmm. you know, Jag Gator thing. And, you remember and, the one day where he caught a touchdown in practice, and everybody was like, "Oh, this might be this might be something." I remember every day when Tim Tebow breathed at practice, when somebody thought it might be something. Yes, I do absolutely. Um, and uh, we quickly found out that was not the case, which is not surprising mm-hmm. for a guy trying to make a mid-career switch to a position he's never played after being out of the league for a little while. Yeah. Right, so I remember his preseason catch where he ran the wrong route. Yeah, and yeah. got in somebody's way. Like the throw wasn't to him, right? Like he just ran to the wrong area of the field and made the catch. Yeah. Hey, look. Anyway, um, wasn't a great one, but buddy, you got to do some work if you're going to oh, yeah. crack this team's top oh, yeah. five. All right. Uh, so again, six four one ten ten. If you want to get in on the All Pro Roofing phone lines or the text line yeah, designed three, two, by one, Lifetime much Enclosures. more familiar names on this kind of list for me. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. And, I, and I'm sure though we'll probably have some repeats in here. In mm-hmm. fact, we might have all the same. Uh, I don't know. We haven't we'll compared see. notes. Uh, we'll see as we go along. Tony will take you around the league next coming up as well as uh, today is the opening of the franchise tag window. Not the deadline, certainly just the beginning. So let's hope that the Jags uh, can against our expectations, get something done in the next couple weeks and have to uh, can avoid using that, at least, on Josh Allen. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. Keep it right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, so we continue on here on Jaguars today. You know, sports programming has dwindled right now, uh, especially right now, and you're coming out of the All-Star break, unless you're a hockey fan. There's not a ton out there for you. Hockey, golf, suppose some tennis. I don't know. As don't they know. say in hockey, let's do that hockey. One of the great quotes of all time, really, mm-hmm. sports-related. I love that. Uh, right there from Chance, the rapper. Uh, but uh, so now, you know, not that I don't binge watch anytime I want, but uh, catching up on shows uh, on Apple TV, if you got it, the morning show, awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been out for like four years. You know, the first season came out like four years ago, 2019, something like that. But uh, really, really good. Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, awesome show. Love it, man. Yeah. So there's a lot of, we're living the best age of television, bro. There is I mean, something for everybody. There is something. Like, I mean, I'm I'm watching Gordon Ramsay Uncharted right now. Are you? Yeah. Like, it's just him going to different countries all over the world and learning about the food they have in the area and the culture and then competing head-to-head with some local chef trying to prepare their food. Like, I, I find it fascinating, but I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. Yeah, I'm not place. a huge Gordon Ramsay guy. Like, we, we make fun of Gordon Ramsay in our house yeah. more than anything. But I do like a good cooking show. I like a good true crime documentary i heard the guys this morning talking about how hacker loves serial killers he's not the only one <laughs> and i love me some serial killers as well or at least stories about them it's mm-hmm. fascinating to me but uh, like then i get down the rabbit hole um you know like you go to netflix and you got oh my one of the bottom options says more like this yeah you click that and it's like whoosh, there's another 50 documentaries yeah very similar and you know what my problem is I forget what I've watched, like, and I'll find one, and I, I sit there and I'm looking for a new show, and I and I get on, and I'm like, okay, I better check the episode guide. Mm-hmm. I've, I've eight episodes, I've watched them all. Like, what in the world, man? Yeah. How, how dim am I? You ever start a show and then you're like, I think I've seen this before, and then you you click out of it. I've done Absolutely. that a couple of times. I've done yeah. that. Yeah. Now, usually though, like every once in a while, you don't see those bar. Like the Netflix will have that red bar. Yeah. Like goes all the way, and then it clips off if you let it automatically go to the next episode doesn't play the credits right so it shows that red bar going like 97 percent of the way yep and that's how you know you watched it but absolutely pockets i've i've watched things and like halfway through i'm like wait a minute <laughs> hold on i think i've seen this it was yeah. in the kitchen with the knife right right with uh miss peacock or whatever her name is uh anyway mrs peacock mm-hmm. um couldn't tell you uh, all right, uh, Pockets, we up on the, the tube right now? What are we doing? There we are. Look at you, man. Are we? Were we up there the whole way? I guess we were. I, yeah. think, I think my video gets off from time to time. <laughs> uh, why don't we take a quick look around the rest of the National Football League right now? Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The New England Patriots are releasing defensive tackle Lawrence Guy and defensive back Adrian Phillips. Phillips was selected as a first-team All-Pro in 2018 with the Chargers. The moves will clear $6 million in cap space for the Patriots this year. The Minnesota Vikings do have interest in getting Kirk Cousins back. He is scheduled to be a free agent when the league year opens, but the reports are that the Vikings are not willing to give Cousins a fully guaranteed deal this time around. Cousins has played on a fully guaranteed deal since he was franchised for the first of two times by Washington in 2016, and running back Mike Davis, who didn't play at all in 2023, announced his retirement from the NFL on Monday. Yeah, Mike Davis. He had about a half season of fantasy relevance once yeah. upon a time. That's kind of how I remember, guys, uh, quite <laughs> frankly. Adrian Phillips has been a really good player, though. Yes, he has. Uh, for the New England Patriots. So, um, 
you know, good luck in whatever's next for you, I suppose. All right, why don't we uh, remind ourselves of the bad luck? And it's not really luck. It's self-inflicted. No. With the Jags. Bad decisions. Historically. Uh, and, and we're and trying to purge And some of it's because, them. like – like Hacker said, Aaron Rodgers, sometimes it's the guy. Hey, the dude's a turd, you yeah. know, but that, in that part Aaron of the- Ross was a turd. Yes, Hacker. You're, I, never have you been more right. I, I mean, and Hacker's been equally right, I'm sure, on, on several occasions. But mm-hmm. never, I agree with Urban. Yes. Uh, well. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Audiophiles giveth, mm-hmm. audiophiles taketh away. So, um, all right, Pockets, why don't you fire up the next one in the countdown? Number three. Hi, Tony Smith. Uh, for you, uh, where are you going with your number three and the worst Jaguar yeah. free agent signings of all time? My first two were both names that I didn't see on anybody else's list, and it's not that I couldn't have filled it with names that were on a bunch of lists that we got. When I went with Manhurts and Wiley at five and four, but three, two, one, these are names that I saw a bunch. I'm sure. And at number three, I'll start with... The guy who was supposed to put that team in the late 90s over the top on the defensive side of the ball, brought in as a defensive player of the year at one time. Yeah. Go ahead and hit it, Pockets. This is Bryce Pop. Darby is at free safety. Second down and nine. Pop with sack number 17. Oh, yeah. listen to that. Place 17. Going we're going nuts. We're going to have that. Right? Buffalo's going crazy for him. Six years, $22 million deal that he signed here in Jacksonville in 1998. Had seven and a half sacks in two seasons with just one of those in 1999, playing on what is arguably the best defense still in franchise history. Bryce Pop could manage one sack playing on that defense. I get it. Everyone who's put in that, well, they played him out of position. I'm not saying that they didn't play him out of position, but he was in position enough to have more than one sack, even if he was dropping back more than he was comfortable dropping back at any previous time in his career. He had made four straight Pro Bowls with 33 sacks. And the uh, four years with Buffalo, or the last three years with Buffalo, had made one with Green Bay before he left there. Right, and had an 11-sack season the year before that when he didn't make the Pro Bowl. One defensive player of the year, his first year in Buffalo in 1995. That's playing on the opposite side of Bruce Smith. How often do guys on the opposite side of maybe the best, the guy that's in the argument for best at his position in league history, and you're the guy on the other side of that guy winning defensive player of the year? Are you kidding me? Right, you assume he opens up some things for you, but come on. Oh, right? my god! I mean, he's still getting his. And No, I, I understand the Bryce Pop selection. I didn't have him on mine. In, in fact, because of what you said. They asked him yeah. to be like a coverage linebacker. Like, what are you doing? You've got a sack artist that you just signed. Uh, land. Which, you know, that's one of those where maybe the whole of it doesn't land, you know, directly on Bryce Pop. It doesn't make the organizational decision to sign no, him I and play you. him that way any it's, better. It, like, the decision bad. is as bad as it could be. I, I'm more focusing on the player failure, failure to live up to whatever. But you're absolutely right. The, the player, uh, the team's evaluation of how they're going to fit in is yeah. a part of the equation. David Lamb, I'll probably mess up the story, but he, he told me an anecdote once about how, you know, he used to get on Bryce Pop pretty good back in the late 90s, hosting Lamb at large. And one time he finds himself in what they call the rubberized hallway, right? Like mm-hmm. It's the hallway outside the locker room. And it's just a long hallway that wraps around the entire stadium, right? Basically. And... Pop's coming one way, Lamb's going the other. 
and no one else is around. Uh-huh. And he really thought that Bryce Paul might physically do something to him. Like, he, he kind of tried to brush past him and, and, and give him the intimidation move uh-huh. uh, kind of thing. But he was well aware, apparently, of what Lamb said about him. He had rabbit ears and all that stuff. And, and Lamb thought, you know, he could murder me right here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they'd find my body, but they wouldn't be able to prove it was Bryce Paul. I'm sure I'm getting the anecdote wrong. He tells it a lot better. Uh-huh. Uh, that would uh, cement him as the worst free agent pick. If he had if murdered, he murdered David somebody, Lamb in the hallway. <laughs> you know, others might move him down in the rankings because of that. Sorry, <laughs> Chops. We love you. But uh, give us a highlight from my number three, if you would, Pockets. Collins, double pump. Touchdown. Touchdown right down the middle to Joey Porter. Are you kidding? What a comeback. Collins, line drive throw, Porter. Touchdown. And just like that, the Raiders have the lead. Touchdown, Porter. Great job by that offensive line. You talked about it, Paul. That was the key on that play. That's a postseason game, Pockets. Yeah. By the way, they, they know it was Jerry Porter, not Joey Porter, right? Because they <laughs> called him Joey in the first highlight. He, of course, played linebacker for the Steelers. And then they just called him Porter after that because I think they were a little unsure of themselves because they're like, who is this guy in the end zone three times? Certainly not Jerry Porter, right? <laughs> now, Jerry Porter with the Raiders had two nine-touchdown seasons. Mm-hmm. He always averaged a big yards per catch. In fact, in his one season in Jacksonville, he averaged 16 and a half yards a catch. What's wrong with that? Well, the problem is he signed a six-year contract here to be the number one receiver in Jacksonville $10 million in guaranteed money. This is back in 2008. He lasted one year. Now, to be fair, Jerry Porter got hurt in the offseason. Again, I was witness to this. Hacker and I were sitting out there watching him warm up before practice, go deep for a pass, and mess up. I think it was his hamstring at the time. And this was like at the beginning of training camp right around there. Mm-hmm. Missed the beginning of the season. Tone. When he came back, he had like one catch in his first game, didn't have a catch in his next couple, was basically nursing this injury for the first half of the season. His rookie year, or his rookie year, his only year in Mm -hmm. Jacksonville ends with 11 catches. 11 catches for 181 Mm -hmm. yards. He scored a lone touchdown. To top it off, I don't know if you pulled the media that have been covering this team for the entirety or a long time, if there's ever been a bigger jerk, I'll put it nicely, in the locker room than Jerry Porter. Yeah. What? Now, maybe everyone's got their own personal guy that they've had issues with. I can think of another couple off the top of my head <laughs> that people would probably put on that list. But universally, I don't know anybody that really got along with Jerry Porter. Uh, I did. Uh, it was like I, I got a chance to talk to him in the locker room one day. Yeah. And it was like people were at that point – like late in the season, people were afraid to talk to him. I'm like, the hell with it. I'm just going to go up there. And, you know, it, it was all, I, I was sitting there. It was one of those where he didn't stand up. He just sat on his chair. I was down on one knee. And you could feel every eye in the locker room like, oh, my God, he's, he's talking. He's, he's talking. talking to what Jared. is he saying? You know, yeah. and, and I remember he was actually airing grievances against a local reporter with me. And I'm just like rolling tape. Man. I'm just like, go, go, go ahead and say whatever you want to say. And uh, I remember they came up to me right after. Well, what did he say about me? Oh, here's what he said about you. And uh, why don't you go talk to him yourself? And at that point, it was just like, you knew if you approached Jerry Porter, that he was probably going to rebuff you. And I just like was at the stage. I wasn't 
a beat report. I wasn't there every single day. I'd go like once a week, and mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, there's Jerry Porter. You know what? We haven't heard from him in a while. What's on his mind in this wonderful season he's having? The first of six spectacular years he's going to spend as a Jaguar. Uh, just a total, total bust <laughs> on and off the field for this football team. Was it somewhat injury influence? Yes, but keep this in mind. He was 30 years old. This is always a good tell. Mm -hmm. How many of these guys ever played another down after they left the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. right? Uh, like Gerhardt had one year after he left the Jaguars. Aaron Ross went back to the Giants for a single year. Jerry Porter never no played another snap yep. in the National Football League, and he was only 30 years old. So uh, this is a guy who, for his career, averaged 14 yards a catch, 16 and a half with that one year with the Jags. Unfortunately, it was only on 11 catches. Mm -hmm. All right, so there you go. Number three in the countdown for us has been reached. Let's go to Darren and Nocatee next up this morning on Jaguars Today. What's up, Darren? How are you? Hey, guys. I'm good. Uh, don't want to bring you all down, but do want to give some love and shout out to um, Michael Patterson, um, who passed away yesterday, Duval's own. Uh, he was director of the drum line uh, for the Duval for Jacksonville down uh, for the Jaguars and uh, – 44 years old, passed away suddenly, and uh, just want to shout out to him, leaving behind a beautiful family, uh, wife, and uh, just want them to know that uh, all of Duval supporting him in love and uh, prayers, and uh, just just want to give him a shout out, Michael Patterson. You, you you all Duval, baby. Duval till we die, baby. We love you. I appreciate that, Darren. Thank Absolutely, you for bringing yeah. that up. You know, I saw a couple of posts about this yesterday, um, one from Movie Poll, uh, if you are on Twitter and a Jags fan, you know who that is. He he wrote, I've known Michael Patterson since high school. We played drums together in band. Um, and, you know, this was actually a, a little prior post from just a few days ago. He's fighting for his life in a coma after a heart attack this week. Obviously, he passed along mm -hmm. or passed away. And and uh, condolences to everybody he left behind. No question about it, man. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a shame. Uh, appreciate the people you got when you got them and uh, celebrate them. Daily, let them know how you feel about them. You know, you never know when uh, it's that time's going to run short. So I appreciate that very much, Darren. And I'm sure that the people who care about him do as well. All right, uh, we'll take a break here, halfway home on Jaguars today. Next hour, we'll continue the countdown and uh, talk a little bit more about this franchise tag window opening. Who are some of the likely candidates to get it from around the National Football League? We continue Jaguars today, straight ahead on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, glad you're along here. Jaguars Today rolling on on 1010XL. It is the opening of the franchise tag window today. Wouldn't expect a big rush to apply that tag to anybody, I wouldn't think, around the National Football League. We'll see how it goes. Tony, I found a, a story over at CBS Sports where they project the candidates, uh, if there is one, mm -hmm. not every team has a strong candidate for the franchise tag this is kind of go through them and see who is likely to be taken out of the free agent pool and how disappointed we should be by that uh, from a Jaguar perspective Cardinals Falcons not expected to have a franchise tag player I'm just doing these alphabetically uh the Baltimore Ravens Justin Madwabike we talked about him um yeah you know pass rushing defensive tackle man Yes, sign me up. I, I don't know if the Jags have the wherewithal to play in that market anyway. I think if they go that route, I mean, I, I'd love Christian Wilkins or Mad Wubike. I don't think they're going to be a big player uh, you know, in terms of a splash signing. I think they might sign a guy, a starter-level player for like $10 bucks. In addition, now, that may be different if they lose Calvin Ridley and they've 
got more money to allocate somewhere yeah. else, and that changes their plan. And maybe they try to fill a couple of holes and then address wide receiver in the draft, for instance. And and, and I'm not counting guys yeah. like Ezra Cleveland well, who would be returning. Look, I could see them signing someone who could be a starting guard for them, right? Depending on what they want to do with Sheriff and show him the door. Too, sure, right. But so, it's not going to be like a I don't think like no. an Andrew Norwell or Sheriff type no. contract. In the same kind of vein that I could see them signing a corner that winds up being the starting nickel corner for him. You know, like has the opportunity to maybe be that for them this year, but I don't think it's going to be top end of the market. It could be Trey Herndon again, right? right? Like that be, kind of thing. Yeah, it yeah. could be bringing it back. And so for those guys, I don't really look at them as additions, uh, more as, you know, just obviously maintaining. So, yeah, I'd like Mad Wubike, uh to come in. The uh, Ravens right now projected to have only $7.3 million in cap space. And, again, that's a team that, like the Jags, we'll see what the final cap number comes yeah. in at. And that's the thing, too. Like, isn't it interesting? You open up the franchise tag window, you don't even know what the salary cap's going to be. Not yet. Maybe yeah. you do have enough money. As somebody pointed out, that's a really good point. You might end up with enough money to apply the franchise tag without making a roster move. And you say, well, that's going to leave you really close to the line. You're probably going to have to make moves anyway. Yeah, but if, if I'm a GM, I don't want to make a move until I have to make a move. Right? Things can happen, man. You know, guys get hurt. Stories pop up, different things. I want as much control as I possibly can. So if it's not going to hurt me for the long term, I'm going to squat on you. You know, and I get it. Guys don't like that. They want their freedom as soon as possible. But I'm not. I'm looking at it. If I'm working as a GM, I'm coming at it from the team perspective. Yeah, I've got to negotiate with you and and balance things out. But once I've got you signed to that contract, I'm going to execute that contract to where it benefits me as much as possible. So rather than Clear five million in cap space today. If I can wait a week, I'm going to do that. If it's not going to hurt me, mm-hmm. you know, and just squat on that player's rights. Uh, Madrubike from the Ravens. Nobody from Buffalo. Carolina with Brian Burns. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, it said uh, franchise tag is, is Burns is worth the twenty point two million. Is that what the number we're expecting it to be? For Josh Allen, I thought it was going to be a little north of that, even. Uh, they got it defensive end at 20.2, linebacker at 22.8. I think it's because he's – Oh, because he's a 4-3. He yeah. plays 4-3 end. Uh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy that yeah. if, if you're a 3-4 outside rusher yeah. as opposed to a 4-3 outside rusher, you get $2 million extra if you get yeah. franchise And th- even those numbers I've seen flipped, right, between linebacker and mm-hmm. defensive. I've seen those two numbers basically flipped – as far as the projections for what's going to be in the low tag 20s. it's going to be. So it's going to be somewhere between 21 and 23. Well, and here's the thing, too. If, if Brian Burns it gets franchise tag, just imagine that probably drives up the price of Josh Allen to a small degree that, like, oh, look, if you wanted to try to replace me, the pool of candidates yeah. is not very deep out there. Uh, Chicago Bears, Jalen Johnson. I don't see the Jag. I mean, again, could the Jags sign a starting type corner if they did I think it'd be more like a Darius Williams guy you know in, in like the next yeah. wave of free agency after things have settled down I think you've got your projected top two starters I think the more interesting thing is what happens with either Tyson Campbell or Darius Williams do are any contract extensions given out and if not are we going to run ourselves right into the same situation next year because sure. we know Trent Balky doesn't want to negotiate during the season so, are you going to make a decision on Tyson Campbell? Do you have enough info to, to give him a competitive 
deal that would keep him away from the potential to hit free agency in a year's time. Well, and I think at this point in time, odds are that like Josh Allen last offseason when we were discussing, you know, what kind of offer you'd be comfortable making Josh Allen, I my guess would be from Tyson's perspective, the number that the Jags would be willing to offer would not be enough for him to not say, I'm playing out the year. Yeah. Right. I, I just I think those two things are pretty clear with where that situation is. The there may be a number where the Jags would be like, Yeah, we're comfortable making you an offer, a three, four year offer at this point in time, but I don't think the numbers in that with what they'd be willing to offer at this point would be something that Tyson Campbell would say yes to. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You're probably right. I, I tend to agree with you on that, but I hope at least some kind of effort is made to Do see the where the two yeah. camps view the value yeah. of Tyson Campbell. Uh, the Bengals, T. Higgins, shed a tear, pour one out, whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. You know, just uh, like it's not going to be here, right? I, I'm put it this way, um, I'm just going to expect the worst. That way, I won't be disappointed, <laughs> right? When it rolls back around. So, uh, T. Higgins with the Bengals, if he doesn't get the franchise tag, a lot of people think he might end up in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. God, get the franchise tag, right? Uh-huh. I mean, like if those are the choices, please get the franchise tag because Brian Callahan. Uh, leaves the Bengals staff and becomes the OC yep. in Tennessee. And you would suspect he's looking at that. And I go right to the top of the depth chart. Young quarterback. Uh, does Tennessee have state income tax? No. I don't want to say they don't I, either, I right? I think Indianapolis is the only team that lives in a state that has. In the South. Yeah. Interesting. Because Texas is the same. Browns don't have a candidate, uh, at least according to CBS. Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. Could, would it be? I don't see how it's worth it. I mean, I'd like Tony Pollard back from the Cowboys, but the irony is, you know who he'd be a good match with? Ezekiel Elliott. Right, wouldn't he be? Like, mm-hmm. what I saw from Zeke last year, if he came back and was the, the first and second down component of that offense and Pollard went back to being the third down, he's not worth the second consecutive franchise tag, though. I wouldn't think. He made like over $10 million last year. He's going to get a, a, what is it, a 40% bump? Something like that? It's I think it's 120%, 120% of the year before. Okay, and yeah. then it's like 40, maybe by the third year, it's like 40% bump, whatever. But yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I think that's silly. A waste of resources. Nobody from Denver, nobody from Detroit, nobody from Green Bay, Houston, Dalton, Schultz, and we're not going to be in the market to go out and sign a pass-catching tight end anyway. No. I mean, we, we've got Brenton Strange and his five <laughs> catches pushing Evan Ingram right now. I mean, think about it. Between them, they almost had 120 catches mm-hmm. last year, which is nice. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. with the Colts. If Pittman were available, you willing to pay him $20 million a year? If that's what it took, let's say you lost Ridley. I, here, I don't think it would make much sense. I don't think I would. Yeah. Like, here, I don't think it would make much sense because I I think he's a higher level Zay Jones. It's not that I don't think Pittman isn't a better player than Zay Jones. I think he is. But Zay Jones doesn't cost that. And you're getting similar production. So what would... Pittman's role be if he came in here. So we got two guys that do what Zay does, basically. Right, big-bodied red zone guy, right. uh, and short catches, Kurt. run after the catch. He's not well, a field stretcher. No. Like, I think there are a lot of places where Pittman makes sense, right, for a lot of teams. I don't think Jacksonville, with the way things are currently situated, does. 
had 109 catches, but he only yeah. averaged 10.9 yards a grab last year. Yeah, and it makes sense for him to be the guy that they're feeding the ball in that Colts offense, right? Like, that makes sense. They've got, like, like Josh Downs, they've got some players who can get downfield. Alec Pierce. Right. right Pittman's but he controls all the middle of the guy. field, yeah. all that kind of stuff for him. Like, he makes sense in some systems. I think Zay Jones does what he does in the Jaguars offense. He does it at a lower level than Pittman does, but Pittman's going to cost twice. What Zay Jones is going to cost it? Like, I just don't think that makes much sense for Jackson, though. Well, I'd love me some Legereus Sneed. I don't see it happening. I no. don't see the Jags spending that kind of capital um, in free agency on nope. that position. But I, I'd love it if, if he becomes available. The cap number is only 18.8, but they have to deal with the Chris Jones situation as yep. well. And Chris Jones has expressed the desire to stay there. So, Sometimes you get that, you know, you're, you're bet one back-to-back Super Bowls, the guy might take a hometown discount, or maybe not even that much of a discount. He just may be willing to play it out with that team, knowing that he's going to get as good a deal from them as anybody else. But Sneed could get tagged. He could hit the market. Nobody from the Raiders. I don't think they go down the Josh Jacobs road again. Uh, they're listing Austin Eckhart for the Chargers. I don't, I don't see I don't it, but so. yeah. um, who cares for us? I mean, it's not going to happen. The Rams don't have anybody. Christian Wilkins, oh, my God. Gosh, do I want Christian Wilkins, man. <laughs> so damn good. Uh, pressuring, playing the run. Um, you know, uh, that is the guy I would pay $20 million bucks to. Yeah. If you could make it work, clear up the space, at yeah. least for the next few years. Uh, Kirk Cousins for the Vikings. Eh, I don't see that franchise. Is he allowed to be franchise tagged? I thought he had some stipulation in his deal where they couldn't tag him anymore. I, don't I know that. it would be a, a ridiculous sum if they did, but either way, we're not in the quarterback business here. Um, nobody from the Patriots, nobody from the Saints. Saquon from the Giants, not going to be in the market for him. Jets and Eagles, nobody. Nobody from the Steelers, nobody from the Niners. Leonard Williams uh, from the Seahawks, he doesn't strike me as a $20 million a year player anymore, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they didn't franchise tag him, I'd be interested, but I, I think he'd be more interested in his own worth than we would be. It would be my he guess. He was pretty good when he got to Seattle. I don't know, about $21 million, though, yeah. man. He had four sacks. 11 quarterback hits in 10 games. So it's not a be our best pass rusher on the defensive line. For sure. Not arguing that, that yeah. but is that worth paying double what you're paying some of these guys now? I don't know. Um, again, can't fix every hole in the draft either, but mm-hmm. you know what? You give me a three technique or a big bodied guy with a little bit of movement skill up front with the 17th pick in the draft, not going to mm-hmm. hate it. No. Uh, Mike Evans for the Bucks could be that. Could be Antoine Winfield, but it just feels like he's going to stay in Tampa. Um, yeah, I don't think they're using the tag on him. With, I take Mike Evans here yeah. in a second, though, yeah. uh, like a three-year deal, you know, because he is getting up there in years, but he's still been super productive, can still go deep. Yeah, he has some drops, too, now, mm-hmm. but he produces. He he offsets them, at least, with big plays. Nobody from uh, the Titans or the Commanders. So it's not like the, the, you know, the T. Higgins, Mike Evans end of it could really – not only hurt the Jags in terms of guys that they might be interested in, but hurt them in the fact that if Calvin Ridley makes it to free agency, he's now all of a sudden so much higher in the pecking order of who's available out there that, you know, whereas maybe your plan was to go after T. Higgins or Evans, now you got to, all right, we're going to shift, we're going to go after Ridley. It might bring in a couple more suitors, thereby making the price go up, thereby making it more difficult for the Jags to bring him back if they're that interested. All right, we'll get back to the countdown on the other side. Looking today, your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, the five worst free agent signings 
in Jacksonville Jaguar history. Five really doesn't do it justice, but we're limiting it to five today. We'll take a look at the many of your lists that you sent in a little bit later on in the program as well. We'll get back to the countdown straight ahead. Six four one ten ten. If you want to get on the All Pro Roofing phone lines, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. This is Jaguars today on ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. This is Jaguars today on ten ten XL. All right, glad you're along with us here. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Haven't gotten to the top of our countdown. Yeah, you could call this the Hugh Douglas Award uh, very easily. And I would say Hugh Douglas easily topping a lot of lists, more lists than anybody else uh, today. But seeing some outlier names thrown in there, uh, guys I've forgotten about, quite frankly, that the Jacks have signed over the years. Uh, for a variety of reasons, and there is some recency bias tone, uh, depending on, I think, how old you are and how long you've been a Jaguar fan with some of these. You know, you might not have lived through the Bryce Pop era mm-hmm. of uh, Jaguar football, or even go back to the Jerry Porter era uh, back in 2008, but um, Jake Ryan's getting a lot of run today. <laughs> Remember the legend of Jake Ryan? Who, I had to be reminded of it. Yeah, yeah. right. So did I, quite yeah. frankly. They signed him, never played it down. Like, no one's quite sure if he ever suited up in an offseason practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, guy like that, though, it's not a big money deal. It's a flyer. Yeah, you got zero out of him, but you'd really invested by NFL standards zero in that guy. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a centerpiece of your planning, anything like that. Uh, you know, a, a good one that several people have mentioned that I know is not going to make our top two is where we're at right now is uh, Chris Clemens, right? I mean, and you want to talk about people that were at times difficult to deal with in the locker room. He might, I'm sure certain reporters would say he gives Jerry Porter a run for their money, but yet another classic example of a guy who came to Jacksonville and never played another down once his time. It was like, I'm going to retire. Nah, you know what? Oh, they're going to pay me for another year or two? Eh, right. Sure, I'll go to Jacksonville. I feel like they've had a lot of them. I couldn't put him in the top five. He did have an eight-sack season his first year here. You know, I, I mean, I don't feel like he did anything else, really, when he was here. But he did have eight sacks. He had three mm-hmm. the next year. We've had far worse oh, in yeah. terms of production out of free agents than Clemens gave us in that one semi-decent year of 2014. Yeah. Like, he's the player who had enough production that I'm not going to put him on a list like this. Right. But was a, as Hacker said, a big enough turd that I can understand sure. fans wanting to consider him for a right. list. Right. This, like this. Is, it, it, nobody is expecting anybody to do a statistical analysis of what everybody provided to the Jacksonville Jaguars along the way. Um, you know, go as deep as you want. Sometimes it's simple as your gut. Maybe you bought a jersey of a guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy turned out to stink, or he was only here for a year. And from your perspective, that makes him one of the worst free agent signings. I think that's certainly uh, a viable way to go, if that's how you feel about it. All right, Pockets, let's uh, go to the next one in our countdown. Number two. All right, up to the number two. Uh, I think I know who your top two are, because I know who you're going to do at number two. But I will go uh, first. We're alternating who goes first on these. And I will go with a guy that many people have mentioned. Tony Mm -hmm. uh, signed a massive deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars worth potentially over $100 million <laughs> with 50 plus million 
guaranteed Mm -hmm. to come on down. His very first drive as a Jacksonville Jaguar quarterback was spectacular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Led him to a touchdown on a tight window throw to DJ Chark. Then Nick Foles got his collarbone broken by Chris Jones, who drove him into the ground. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, that was really the high watermark. This is a guy who two years ago had gone on one of the great runs we had seen in postseason history and helped lead Doug Peterson. Isn't it ironic that he wasn't the coach then, but we had Foles led him to a Super Bowl championship at one point in his career. Now, at the point the Jags had signed him, this was well in the rearview mirror, but at one point in his career, Nick Foles had a season where he threw 27 touchdowns and only two interceptions. And just could never hold down a starting job, often due to injuries, would be banged up, kind of a career backup, but the Jags threw a lot of money at him, and who knows what would have happened had he not gotten hurt, but he did, and he ended up playing in seven games for the team that year, started for them, lost every single one, and threw a total of three touchdowns against two interceptions, and then uh, the Jags were able to dump him on the Chicago Bears. So at least from that standpoint... They were able to get out of it, but $50 million bucks in guaranteed money for a team that was always searching for the next guy. Just be the next Brunel. Be a guy who can make a handful of Pro Bowls. You don't have to be the best in the league, but Brunel was at his peak probably a top-10 quarterback, right, and certainly the best in Jaguar history, a most accomplished in Jaguar history. Yeah. Nick Foles just a complete disappointment here. Maybe the shining moment of Dave Caldwell's career here as a GM was not being on the hook for that fullest contract. Getting out of couple, it. Getting out of it, getting that fourth-round pick. I'm looking at it now that they turned into Shaq Corbin, right? Like, they got that pick for Foles, thinking that they're going to have to eat this contract for the next couple of years. What the heck is this even going to look like uh, for the football team at that point? Even and, if they didn't get Shaq Quarterman, who ended up playing out the contract. they didn't have to sit got, on Foles. Yes, got – out of that, so right. that was that was a good salary dump, but it, to me, it doesn't make the free agent signing oh, no. any better. No, and the absurdity of when Nick Foles was signed here, TV helicopters following him from the airport to the stadium, right? Like the absurdity of the whole circus of Foles arriving we in were. Jacksonville. I mean, it was it was what it was. What, what were I pockets? I jumped ahead. What were we? No, I, got, play? I got a highlight. You want to play it? Yeah, why not? All right. Philly special. And they're going to snap it. it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles touchdown. And watch all the action. Foles is going to sneak over here. Direct snap. Everybody comes up. And here we go. What a play call by Doug Peterson. I think Foles must have been a really good golfer because I'm not mistaken his nickname was big stick was that <laughs> it was something like that yeah. it was something in the, like that right i yeah. could have sworn mm-hmm. and uh anyway um look we're gonna keep trying all the magic that philadelphia had until we find it again or die trying yes you know yes <laughs> like, that's what it feels like here you know we're gonna sign fletcher cox when he's 43 you yeah. know that's coming right you know, i mean it's... fletcher cox will have been out of the league for three years at that point but we'll sign him it's time uh number two for me speaking of trying to recapture philadelphia eagles glory and guys that are signing in Jacksonville. Uh, number two for me, Pockets, is Hugh Douglas. Third and 19. King drops the throw. And his hit just as he let the ball go, or did he let it go? This might be the Eagles' ball. I think it is. I'll tell you, Hugh Douglas came from that backside and really unloaded on Sean King. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, how much do you miss Pat and John? Uh, just hearing those two guys together on a call right They're there. They're amazing. Uh, Hugh Douglas, five years, $27 million in contract with Jacksonville in 2003. Started all 16 games here in Jacksonville in 2003 with three and a half sacks, 27 tackles, credited with five quarterback hits on pro football reference over the course of those two years here. He had made three straight Pro Bowls when he signed in Jacksonville, was a first-team All-Pro in 2000, a second-team All-Pro in 2002. The year before he came here. The year before he got here to Jacksonville. He is ninth on Philadelphia's all-time sack list with 54-and-a-half, and famously, according to his ex-profile, he was drafted by the New York Jets, flourished with the Philadelphia Eagles, and vacationed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. That, that's really what put it over the top, yeah. right? Came in here fat, unmotivated, yes. trying to collect the paycheck at the end of his career, and then went back to Philly and laughed about it publicly and went back to Philly for one more year. It was like they tried to recapture the magic. He wasn't any good at that yeah. point, but he fell off the cliff. He has at least changed that profile since then when he had it up there for a while. It doesn't say that anymore. but and, and Look, no matter how goodness. you felt about T.O., Everybody in Northeast Florida was a T.O. fan when they got in that fight in the locker room. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. right? I mean, like, you know, in, in my mind's eye, and I don't remember all the details, T.O. beat him with an inch of his life, right? <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to go with when I'm in the nursing home and I think about this topic. Not that I will, but as I am <laughs> rocking in my chair on the front porch of the of the home, wondering why I just can't die. Mm-hmm. I'll think, man, T.O. beat that ass <laughs> back in the day. And it was I was living through him vicariously. Uh, you may have just previewed my number one <laughs> on the list, but uh, I think he is a very popular selection. I think he's the most popular one we've gotten today. More than one person has said, just name this the Hugh Douglas Award, yeah. right? I mean, he yeah. was just – and it was at a time, time – we were fired up. I mean – like you said, 12 and a half sacks, nine and a half the year before that, 15 the year before that. Yeah. Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. First team, second team, all pro. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. We finally landed yeah. one. And that highlight you heard on the King sack, that was a playoff sack force fumble, you know, from you, Douglas. You know, Led the league in tackles for loss as well, two of the three years prior to coming to Jacksonville. On top of that, uh, was a force. Yeah. Was a true – looked like he might be on a Hall of Fame trajectory, honestly, right? Because it looked like, like pass rushers have aged gracefully. If he could have put together a handful of double-digit sack seasons in his early 30s, he'd be in over 100 for yeah. his career. Yeah. And who knows at that point. Probably would have been a, a Hall of Very Good, you know, more so than anything else. But sure. nevertheless, he was the Hall of, of King – turd pile when he came to Jacksonville <laughs> yes, he was. and and was really that first guy that I can recall maybe it happened in another market that we didn't cover but the first guy I can recall just like boasting like yeah I stole their money mm-hmm. I took their money I didn't want to play there I took their money you kidding me go coast for a year make yeah. you know where can I make this kind of money Are you and and Philly still brought him back yes they did but oh fresh legs <laughs> I mean, he started every game here that year for the Jags. Yes, he did. Three and a half sacks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, there you go. The countdown will wrap up on the other side. Top five worst free agent signings. And for the people who submitted draft picks, don't worry. We'll get to that. Uh, (laughs) And and we'll also do the best as well. You know, I mean, the the best is pretty spectacular on both of those lists Mm -hmm. as well. You know, it's I think it's easier to narrow it down. But still, nonetheless, I mean, I think they're 
the the best draft picks is I think tops the worst draft picks, and that's saying something for a franchise that has had some really horrendous draft picks over the years. But that's for a later date. All right, the final segment of Jaguars today coming up straight ahead. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, if I can get two out of these four free agents, I'll be happy. Okay. Robert Hunt. Yeah. Makai Becton. Okay. Tier Tart. And Calais Campbell. And then it says, then draft Jackson Powers Johnson. I think a lot of people would be happy with a guy who's right now seemed as the consensus top center prospect with a lot of positional versatility in Powers Johnson. Mm-hmm. You're also seeing him mocked one pick ahead of the Jags in a lot of these mocks, yeah. right? Right to Seattle. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's one of those things where when we started talking about Jackson Powers Johnson, it was, well, maybe that's what they'll be looking to second do in round. the second round. Yes. And uh, now more and more it's become. That took two weeks. He's to right change. in the middle of the first round. Right? I mean, really, it, that, that happened so quick. It almost felt like people who put that out there weren't sure what the NFL people were going to feel about him. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that nobody – my, I, I don't see him really getting outside the top 20, let's say 25 picks. In, uh, he's in not going right to be there now. in the second round. Right, but I don't even see him projected to yeah. fall now anymore. Yeah. Um, anyway, these guys, Robert Hunt, Miami Dolphins guard, I pay him, you know, like he deserves one of the top guard contracts in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makai Becton, we were just talking about him on the break. I had to give him four or five million to roll the dice for a year and, and let him come in and compete for a, a spot, yeah. but not much more than that. I mean, he hasn't proven much of anything, right? I mean, he's, uh, he's massive. He's played more left tackle than right. Mixed results. Could probably play either. Could probably move the guard. He's 6'7", 360, Tony. I worry that he's going to be 6'7", 410, you know, in a heartbeat. <laughs> Right? I mean, it just feels like one of those guys you're always going to have to stay on top of, and he's never going to turn. Like, he, he'd probably be at hell on wheels at, at 345, right? If he could just lose 25, 30 pounds. Yeah. Anyway, um, T.R. Tart, I was looking at his numbers. Like, Devon Hamilton with the Jags is 6'4", 335, right? T.R. Tart is 6'2", 304. He has no pass rush numbers to speak of. He's had two and a half sacks in four years. If he's a run stuffer, he's on the smaller end of the run stuffers, yeah. right? At that size, I would think. Um, I don't know. I, I m- Minimal interest in Tier Tart. The mayor? Oh, we're always interested in the mayor. Oh, heck yeah. Right? The mayor wants to come run it back with Ryan Nielsen for a year. As long as that's got to be realistic, too. I'm paying Calais Campbell $15 million at this stage of his career. You know, I don't know what the market would be for Calais, but if he wants to come back on a one-year deal, incentive-laden, let's go. Yeah. I I mean, mean, Calais, even in his age 37 season last year with Atlanta, six and a half sacks. Fine. 17 quarterback hits. That's not $15 million, though. No. To me. Uh, What did he make last year? Do you know? uh, It doesn't have the All right. Let me get his his numbers real quick. Um. But, yeah, I mean, so I agree with a couple of those. I'm not saying any of those at the right price would be that terrible, but I, the T.R. Tart thing doesn't interest me a whole lot. One-year, $7 million deal. That's He he gave you production on that deal. Yes. That was a million dollars per sack. Sorry, kids, that's kind of 
the going rate, right? At least. Yeah. So uh, would I pay Calais one year seven million? They weren't willing to do that last year, or he might have ended up here. At least I don't think he was. They were. You know, maybe it was a playing time issue as well. It seemed like there was perfunctory, minimal, polite interest in Calais. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt from the Jags' yeah. point of view. Everyone he wound knows- up playing just over sixty percent of the snaps with Atlanta last year. Yeah, that's fine. Seven yeah. million bucks, six and a half sacks, sixty percent of the snaps. Mix yeah. in as a rotation, move him inside, play him on the edge, do whatever you want with him. Yeah. Which maybe if you knew what was going to happen with Devon Hamilton basically not being able to play at all in the first half of the season, it'd be like one year, seven million. Yeah, it's a bargain. Right. Right. For Calais Campbell, if you knew that it was going to work out the way that it did. They couldn't have known that. Correct. And, you know, they were making their plans with a healthy Devon Hamilton as part of the plan. It didn't work out that way. All right. Why don't we uh, wrap up today's countdown? Uh, pockets, uh, why don't we fire up the 10-10 take first? 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories. All right, Pockets, we're on uh, what number on the countdown? Number yes, one. Yes, number one. But I think there is anticlimactic at this point, Tony. Uh, you let off with the odd-numbered selection, so why don't you give us your five through one mm-hmm. building up the suspense right here. <laughs> number five on my list, I had Chris Manhurts. Number four, Marcellus Wiley. Three, Bryce Pop. Two, Hugh Douglas. And number one for me, was Jerry Porter, who just a little while ago, we heard his three-touchdown yes. effort against the uh, Denver Broncos one year. That was one of two three-touchdown games, by the way, in Jerry Porter's career. Those three touchdowns are would have been, you know, basically a quarter of the production he had in receptions uh, during his time uh, here in Jacksonville. Signed six-year a, deal. No. Yeah, six-year, $30.4 million contract in Jacksonville in 2008. Played in 10 games. Started six with 11 receptions, 181 yards, and one touchdown while here in Jacksonville. Porter is eighth still on the Raiders' all-time receiving yardage list with 3,939 yards in eight seasons. There with the Raiders, he is seventh on their franchise reception list with 284, but he was a complete waste of time here in Jackson. No doubt. Uh, For me, my five was uh, at number five, Aaron Ross. These are the worst free agent signings in franchise history. Toby Gerhardt at four, Jerry Porter at three for me, Nick Foles made it in at two, and Huge Douglas Mm -hmm. at number one. Uh, Really, uh, we discussed him more than he deserves any more bandwidth (laughs) from me out of uh, anyway. So, Hugh Douglas, you miserable so-and-so. Still the worst, in my opinion, signing in Jacksonville Jaguars uh, team history. Uh, here we go. My, my Twitter went crazy for a second. Just wanted to knock out a couple of uh, – I'll, I'll go through people that have been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom puts Bryce Pop, Torrey Holt. All right, Torrey Holt wasn't very productive. There's no doubt about it. Torrey's a gamer. I love Torrey, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I am biased in favor of Torrey Holt as a person. Uh, and um, so – didn't make my top five, but that's fine. Andre Risen made his five. Julius Thomas made a lot of people's fives as well. Uh, Cristiano had a very similar one to me. He had Pop instead of uh, Foles in there. Devon House got mentioned. Got a number two spot on somebody's ballot. Uh, and then they said, thanks for making me relive that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to wallow in it, right? And uh, then when you finally make it to the promised land, it's that much 
better. Um, that's a good one. KP said, we outbid ourselves for Foles because we thought the QB had to be the highest paid dude in the locker room to get respect. There was some of that narrative going on back there. Uh, who else here? Uh, oh, this might be, is this my five? No, Julius Thomas in their five there. A lot of Julius Thomas. And uh, there's some Andrew Norwell popping up. Marcellus Wiley did make someone's list here, Tone. Jag fan 15 All right. had him in there. He also had Foley Fatakasi. Not the only person that mentioned Foley uh, in there as well. Uh, Shaq Griffin, Ephraim Salam, another one. <laughs> More interested in movie reviews, I think, than uh, getting to the quarterback um, or protecting the quarterback. Uh, Prince of Mukamara uh, got some love or hate, however you want to look at it right there. More Andre Risen in there. Uh, interesting. Probably, there's probably a good solid dozen to 15 mm-hmm. that really jump up. Uh, LaRon Robinson again. I, I tried to stay away from the guys that it was strictly injury-related that I felt like uh, several of these guys I mentioned did have some injury issues. But uh, Carlos Hyde, second time around from Ed. Uh, got a mention as well. So, um, unfortunately, way too much fertile ground. There's a lot of it. Yeah. No doubt about that. All right, let's uh, talk to a guy who was not on this list, but one of the best free agent signings in team history as we welcome in XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, uh, that would be Big Surce. Uh, <laughs> was What's Bryce Pop at least a problem in practice, Leon? Was he difficult to deal with? Or did you say, hey, there he goes dropping into coverage again? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> y'all are terrible. <laughs> you have me, have me go up against my old teammate. Uh, no, well, listen, he was he he was effective in practice because, I mean, I played against him a couple of times when I was a Steeler, so I was I was kind of used to some of his moves and how he liked to manipulate his moves and stuff like that. So he was okay. He, he was, Logs was a lot tougher in practice. Trust me, him and Smiggy. Yeah, look, and I didn't put bright. We today did our list of the top five free agent busts for the Jags, worst free agent signings. I didn't have him in my top five because I did feel like, you know, Coughlin signed him. He was defensive player of the year a couple of years prior. He was on a he was. run of Pro Bowls. Guy had led the league with 17-plus sacks one year. And then they wanted to drop him in the coverage all the damn time. It was like – I felt like he should just be lined up and pinning his ears back on every play, Leon. Yeah, that was a surprise to me because that was Don Capers' defense, right? It right. Was particular, and I remember Capers because when I was with the Steelers, he was a coordinator with the Steelers. And I can remember sometimes – Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd. Yeah. Kevin Green used to drop back a couple of times yeah. and cover, but but Kevin made up for it in sacks. You know, he led the, the league in sacks one particular game. I'm sure Bryce dropped into coverage once or twice before he got to Jacksonville. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, right. Like Absolutely. we see it now. In your Why is Josh Allen dropping back? Well, you know, you go back two years now to the biggest play when the Jags beat the Titans at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen was dropping in coverage on that play. Rayshon blitzed and, and forced the fumble, and and you know, next thing you know, Jags are winning the division. So. It happens. It does you know? happen. Yeah, it even does happen. even with the elite pass rushers, TJ Waddle dropping coverage from time to time. It mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. You got to mix it up. But felt like the plan for Bryce Pop was just really, really bad back in the day. Uh, don't know for. Hopefully, we'll avoid the the bus this year. Don't know uh, how much money we're going to have to spend in free agency, Leon, when the salary cap gets finalized. Got to hurry up because. The franchise tag window's opening today. Yeah. You got to know what you got available. Absolutely. Right? Like, do we have enough money right now to franchise tag Josh Allen? I don't know. You make some room. 
Well, of course, you can make some room, right? But yeah. I don't want to make any room. By making room, I got to do a transaction that I might not want to do today. I mm-hmm. want to know what I got. League needs to get on the ball and uh, announce those salary cap numbers. But regardless, what are you guys getting into today? Oh, we're going to talk franchise tag. And um, we're going to talk uh, – we're going to have Coach Campbell come in there too. All right. Well, always love Coach Campbell with you guys. Do a great job. Leon, have a great show. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Big Sirs in the house, uh, one of the best. Uh, free agent signings in team history, mm-hmm. to be sure, right there. Oh, I see Christian Wilkins is trending. It's probably just people speculating that he'll get the tag yeah. today. Be my guess. Yeah. yeah. First uh, Today's the first day. Uh, the t- Don't get me excited, okay, <laughs> one way or the other. I want to hear that the Dolphins have declined to use the tag on Christian Wilkins. Again, not that I really think the Jags are going to be a player in that market, but let me dream for the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks, at least. All right, that'll do it for us today. Uh, John Osier coming in tomorrow. We're going to have John Shipley joining us uh, via the telephone device on Thursday for a little bit, and then Tommy Mack in on Friday as we continue along uh, with the franchise tag window open. That means we're just a few weeks away from NFL free agency being upon us. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Stick around for XL Primetime. For Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thanks for listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.